Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. For quite some time, there has been a a large gap in the U.S. economy between the needs of employers and the skills and aspirations of workers. Recently, as the pandemic has eased, we hope, the gap seems to have grown even larger as employers face the challenge of getting people back to work, only to discover that the jobs they need may no longer be the same, and the workers for their part, have discovered that they often don't want to return to the same jobs or even the same careers. In today's episode, Lisa Strauss-Lawrence, the owner of Go Career Compass, will talk about how people can navigate this unsettling landscape into their next career journey. From early on in her own career, Lisa herself experienced the frustration of getting little professional guidance as she pursued a career in early childhood education, only to find out it was a shrinking field with few job prospects. And she was not alone. She discovered that thousands of people everywhere were experiencing similar frustrations. Having now spent more than 25 years in the field of workforce development across business, nonprofit, and education sectors, Lisa offers a broad and insightful perspective on how people can use their unique skills and interests to help create the best version of themselves for today's job market and for jobs in the future, which may look very different. She offers several signature workshops such as The Road Less Traveled, How Do You Stand Out, that lead people to a better understanding of their goals and personality traits related to the career paths they might select. Whether she's working with students or unemployed workers, seasoned professionals, or those looking to use transferable skills to explore new passions or careers, Lisa's motto is, do what you love and you will love what you do. So now, folks, it's time to meet Lisa Strauss-Lawrence. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ron. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, technically, I should say welcome back to the show. You've yes. been on the show. You were on the show in March, but uh, with a very different kind of counseling, grief counseling, as opposed to career counseling. Yes. Um, and actually, we might. Yes. The two of them have sort of an interesting connection, which we'll we'll talk about later in the show. But first, let's start with the, your your passion now, and uh, that is career counseling. And um, you know, this is a big part of people's lives. We think about it usually early on, but then really continues uh, all the way through. But why don't we tell us about, you know, your early experience that I mentioned sure. in the intro about, you know, what you found and, and how you started off and, and sure. how this kicked off your passion. Sure. This has been a passion for me for years, starting way back in 72 when I graduated high school. And I remember always knowing that I would be an early childhood educator. Some people wander around wondering, but I knew. Um, and going off to Syracuse, believing that I was getting the best education that I could. I was in the best school for early childhood. Um, It was what I loved, and I couldn't see me doing anything else. And so my guidance counselor just, you know, helped me along, got me into the college, and that's it. Well, that really wasn't it, because little did I know that they were closing down early childhood centers at the time in those 70s, that there were really no jobs, And that no one was really telling me that because Syracuse is a business and higher education obviously is one too. Um, And so I got a great degree (laughs) and couldn't do anything with it. 
Right. And so getting out of a four-year school and having no other skills makes you really wonder, like, what happened? Um, so going back to my guidance counselor, who was a dear friend of mine, I remember saying to her, so how come you didn't tell me there were like no jobs in this field? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, she said to me, you know, Lisa, I never had to worry about you. You're a good student. Uh, you know, you always went to school. You always, you know, did your homework, um, all that. She said, so the truth is that it really wasn't my job. My job was to get you into college, which right. I did, and you did. You graduated. And that's right. it. Right. Um, that's not so far um, way back because in 2007, I want to tell you and share with you what my son heard. My son, you know, I loved school. I mean, I'm working on my 50th reunion right now. I loved school. Mm-hmm. My son wasn't really that thrilled with school. It really wasn't his thing. And he really was more of a hands-on person. Mm-hmm. He was doing really, really well in the retail industry. And my husband and I really saw that in him. And we believe in pushing people towards their passion and their skills and what they love, which, again, is really my holistic philosophy of career counseling. Um, And so when he went to his guidance counselor and she said to him, what college are you going to? And he said, I'm not going to college. Okay. I want to tell you the exact words that she said to him. She said, If you don't go to college, you will be a failure in life. Now, no one should say that to a student. No one should say that, certainly to my son. (laughs) Not only my parent, but I'm a career counselor. And I know very well that there are a lot of options for occupations and careers. And it's not about being college material, which is a horrible way of describing people who choose not to go for higher education. It is really about choice and about pursuing what you're good at, okay? So my story was, you know, I became a typist. That's all the skills that I had after college because I couldn't find a job. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. he, you know, he pursued Walmart. He did really well, became uh, one of the youngest in the management training program, came back at the age of 20 as the assistant store manager here on Long Island, and starting salary was $50,000. Right. I don't really see that as a failure in life. Right. And right. Yeah. Now, so going back to for me, I decided that um, I really needed to do something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me and for others who were being told that same message. And so my degree is in um, basically professional studies with a specialization in career counseling. Mm-hmm, what did that mm-hmm. mean? It meant that I really got to know people, their personalities, their skills, their backgrounds, their aspirations, their priorities, and then, of course, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I pursued my passion, but wait a minute. There were no jobs in that passion. So why didn't I have a plan B? You know, why didn't I go into maybe reading a second language? Why didn't I go to bilingual education or I don't 100 special, special needs? Why didn't I go to – because nobody told me. Right. And I vowed right. I would never let another person feel that way and, and end up in that situation. Right. And yeah. you know how many people do. Right. You know what happens. Right. People. Yeah. Well, I think that interestingly, um, this, so this was your first um, experience in transferable skills. Yes. Because I think that, yeah, you know, I just all of a sudden flashed on that book, you know, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten, right? Right. 
So I'm thinking, okay, with with a degree and an expertise in early childhood education, that's something that that those lessons that you learned dealing with young kids, you could probably apply to people at any age. That's true. And I want to tell you something about the job that I really loved before I even got my degree. Trying to figure out what I should do. Well, I saw an ad in the paper for an international adoption agency. And the ad said, must love children. And I answered the ad because I said, well, I do. And I haven't been able to pursue it in this direction. So maybe there's a different direction. And I became office manager. So obviously I was using my skills, my transferable skills, office skills, organizational skills, but the skills that I had loving kids. And I directed this, this huge international adoption agency that is the largest in the Northeast. And it was a great job. Mm-hmm. But remember, I still wasn't doing what I had studied, right. and perhaps I didn't need that degree. And you know those people, of course, who have all kinds of debt. Right. Um, and I'm not saying do not go to college. I have not said that. It's not a black and white issue. The issue is why don't we allow our kids and older people to explore other careers, other opportunities? And why don't we have some kind of way of connecting what we need in, in the region or in the nation with what the people are getting for degrees. Why are people getting degrees that they're not going to use? Or why are businesses looking, searching for people that they can't find? Right. You know, right. They're, they're, and that's why, um, and you covered it, but that's why I ended up in Long Island Works Coalition. Right. It was an organization that was created here on Long Island right. to bridge that gap between right. business and education. So I have had a lot of different careers, but the one thing that I always come back to is the pursuant of something that you love to do and then something that's out there that you can pursue. Right. And, you know, we have to watch, of course, what people are saying. You know, I remember the graduate where, you know, he, the uncle or whoever it was said plastics. Right. Go into Plastic. plastics, right? Right, right. Um, you know, maybe that was the field then, and maybe he would have gotten a job in that, and he couldn't find himself. Yeah. But we don't give people an opportunity to even find themselves yeah. and pursue different opportunities. Yeah. Figure out, hey, this is a field that I may really like. Go- Who tells people that? Right, right. You know? And one more thing. Mm-hmm. You can never be too old to change careers, to start something new. And there's my best example of my husband who was – 20, 25 years as an architect who wow. I knew would make a great lawyer and who decided at the age of 44 to go back to school to become a lawyer. And mm. he became, for a couple of years, an architectural defense lawyer. And right. he was really good at it. Yeah. But that takes a lot of courage. It takes faith in yourself. It takes risks and chances. But yeah. again, you know, my thing about do what you love, love what you do. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, we don't want to regret that we didn't have those opportunities and we didn't take advantage right. of living a full life right. and enjoying what we do. Yeah. How many people go into work and hate what they do? Right. That's right. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are going through a period of, uh, of transition and change in terms of, you know, there's there's greater diversity in life. And it's not just demographically it's in terms of how we view life and, and what really things what what really matters to us. I mean, I do think that you know when I so I, I graduated from college around perhaps a little before you did, but at that time it was just like there was this tremendous drive. Like you go to college, you, you know, you want your kids to be successful, go to college, and you start looking. You you're looking for reinforcement, and the reinforcement was 
in in statistical studies that basically said, well, if you go to college and you compare the you know people the college people with college degrees with those without degrees over the course of a lifetime, they make X amount of money, you know, more. Okay, and it's like. Okay, and how important is that to you, number one? Number two, do I really believe that that really is helpful to society or to the person themselves? And I think that, I think, I think, you know, ironically, what you mentioned before has been one of been the driving force to, to change that, which is this huge load of student debt. And people are going, wait a minute, I'm getting all this debt. You know, I got a degree in history, that was fun, but now what? So I think that there is a real shift in people saying, you know what, nothing wrong with a good trades education, nothing good, you know, nothing wrong with a, a terrific community college education. You know, you want some liberal arts, but then you want a more specialization. So I think we're really headed that way. And I think that, you know, but you've been doing this for a long time, you know, and you know, and and when I I looked at your at your resume, which has a lot of, you know, you were a coordinator for International Student Exchange you know, uh, director of operations for First Equity Foundation, um, communications director for server, but you had, so internet, you, a whole bunch of these things, and including, as you mentioned before, the Long Island Works Coalition. So this is what I call um, uh, a jack of several trades or Jacqueline of several trades, but then yes. for the purpose yes. of being a master of one. Yes. And I think that has really informed you, you know, your, your career counseling ideas. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned to you earlier, you know, uh, covering, uh, you know, when I was a newspaper reporter, you know, for the first part of my career at Newsday, uh, my beat was uh, I, I broke a lot of stories on the workplace beat. That was my beat. And so I covered all sorts of job issues. And one of the big ones was this gap between skills and between people, you know, what yeah. employers needed and wanted and what, what people really had. And so you did really valuable work with the Long Island Works Coalition, which really was a bridge between business and education. Like, let's get together, folks, and talk about what our needs are. And I want to tell you how I fell into that job because people yeah. are always saying, well, how do you get a job and how does this happen? And I always talk about relationships and sometimes it's timing and all. And I want to say that, you know, I have, I'm really a marketing professional as well. I never took a marketing course in my life. And I want people to realize that, that there are certain things that you learn on the job. Okay. And one of them was marketing, which is, of course, branding yourself and, and promoting yourself. And I had a few businesses. I'm not a great business person in general, but, you know, I had a few businesses and learned how to um, brand, you know, what I do. So I was working for an ophthalmologist and, um, you know, basically doing, you know, sort of his uh, office, back end office and such. Um, and he came to me after three months of working for him. And he said to me, I'm starting a software development company. And I want you to be the marketing manager. First of all, I didn't know he was doing anything on the side. And secondly, I didn't know what a marketing manager did. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm sure you'll do it fine. I'm sure you'll be great at it. And we just jumped in. We created this program, this electronic patient record system that, by the way, in 93, had it been successful because you know what medical is now. Yeah, and we sure. saw the patient record. We probably would have been millionaires and billionaires. Um, and he had some some technology problems. I was selling this thing and marketing this thing before it was even finished. Right, right. But the concept of it was incredible. So marketing became my thing. I really enjoyed showing how you can stand out and showing how you're an expert in different things. And I carry that, by the way, right now with the work that I do. 
the right. law works. I walked into an office because something else was going on at the time. And there were these people from Long Island Works Coalition in 99, and they were new. And I said, what do you do? And they said, oh, we're here to make sure that we have a workforce here on Long Island. And, you know, here's the executive director. He's the executive assistant. And I said, do you need a marketing manager? I said, because I love what you do. I think it's a great opportunity for us to really figure out what can we do to save our workforce here on Long Island and to, of course, save our business community. And they said, sure. And I made a description for my job. And I, you know, and I waited until it was time. And then I secured the job. And don't you think a year later, I realized it's important to be out of the of the office as well as in. And so I hired a marketing manager and I became the new job, which was director of community relations, which I also made a description for. Right. And after that, we needed a business development person. So I realized, okay, I hired that person who I'm still very good friends with, and I became director of educational programs. So I tell people this for a reason. You need to be open. You need to be flexible. You need to believe in who you are, what you can do, and you need to see your opportunities. And people are afraid. What if I fail? What if I can't do this? What? There's so many things. I was fired from three jobs, okay, three jobs, mm-hmm. and none of them were really my fault. Right. They were circumstances, okay? Right. So I didn't, I didn't take them like, oh, boy, I failed. I just said, listen, this is what happened. These are the circumstances, and I moved on. Right. I've right. worked for not-for-profits. I've worked for higher education. i worked for primary school, obviously early childhood education. I've owned a number of businesses. Um, and so together, I've really used my personality, my skills, my abilities. And, you know, success is in the eyes of the beholder. Right. Success for some people is, hey, that huge paycheck. And you know what? If that's what makes them happy, fine. I know that for me, it's really changing people's lives. It's making sure that people are happy. When I see that in people and I see their smile and their purpose, it just, you know, right. that's worth a million dollars to me. Right, right. Okay? Yeah, okay? yeah. And of course, and so that's why I do workshops. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, hey, I can maybe get more people involved and I can, you know, maybe help people in a, in a group setting because you right. can do different things one-to-one, of course, right. versus a group. Right, so, right. Um, but yeah. anyway, thank you for covering Long Island Works. <laughs> Those 11 years were incredible years. We right. formed full business partnerships and internships and ways for students to really grow and hopefully stay on Long Island yeah. because businesses understood the value of nurturing them right. Right. and investing in them. Right, so, right. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there, I, th- I think when I was covering it, there were models for this for, for all over the country. So I think people were getting it. But um, mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. listen, we're, we're going to take a short break. In a, in a few seconds. Um, uh, so we'll, 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 when we come back, we're going to pick up this line of, of, uh, of inquiry. Um, so folks, uh, we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Much more with Lisa Strauss-Lawrence. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. 
Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, where we're talking today with Lisa Stras lawrence about how we can navigate a better, more rewarding career as we move forward, matching our skills and unique traits with jobs that fit our aspirations. Now, before we continue our conversation with Lisa, I just wanted to mention that you can find out more about her in her programs and workshops and courses by going to her website, www.gocareercompass.com. Um, so she's a, there's a lot more material there, uh, which we're going to actually talk about a little bit now. So, so what are the the workshops that you that you offer that really help people find themselves and find out what they should should be doing and that meet what they want to be doing? Sure. Well, the first workshop I decided was how do I take the road less traveled? Mm. I really wanted to do something that would show a long winding road um, so that people could start. And by the way, all my workshops are all hands on activities. I tell people, you know, make sure you have something to write on because it's not just me lecturing you. It's very important that be interactive. So it takes you through a series of activities and exercises that get to know you better. You need to know yourself. You need to know what you love. You need to know what you're good at. You need to know what your experience has been. You need to know what's important to you. You know, what's a priority? What's a priority right now, by the way, in your life might not be in five years. So what works well now? Um, You need to do your research. What's out there? You know, you could end up like me studying something you love and then not being able to do it. And that's really hard for people. So that's the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. The second one I decided on was that people were coming to me, insurance people and real estate people and financial planners. And they would say to me, you know, I'm one of a million and it's really hard to stand out. So I did a workshop called How Do You Stand Out? And it's all about uh, trying to make sure that you're recognized as an expert. You may have a particular area, a field that you're really good at, and that should be something that you show in your profile. And you need to show your value in your unique space. I mean, I know a lot of financial players, but they all have a different personality. They have something that they might be better at than other people. So just because you have a particular title doesn't mean that you can't uh, be an expert in that particular area. So that's the second one. The third one was I knew that people, it was like me, and I knew that people wanted internships. And people don't know how to secure an internship. So important for people to get hands-on experience. Number one, it looks great on a resume. And number two, businesses might even hire you from that internship opportunity. So um, how to secure an internship. So I talked about that and how, you know, you can do that. And lastly, I just did something called what has LinkedIn done for you lately? Mm -hmm. Are you LinkedIn? Um, And what I read was that so many millions of people have LinkedIn accounts and never use them. Mm, They don't do anything with them. 
you know, there they are. They don't realize how important it is to really be visible, to have a profile that stands out, to uh, comment, to share, to always have different connections. And so I have, um, again, hands-on activities that really help people navigate what LinkedIn is and how to find the best benefits for right. it. Right. And by the way, just talking about LinkedIn. Okay. Um, on it for, for a long time. Usually my posts, you know, maybe a hundred views or something. Well, I celebrated my first birthday at Go Career Compass two weeks ago, July 6th. Mm -hmm. so I posted a happy birthday Go Career Compass. And I also offered one free initial consultation. If you were exploring a career, looking to change careers, trying to figure out what you should do now, especially after the pandemic, because life has changed. And I'm sure your own abilities have changed as well. So I posted this and I thought, OK, I get the same hundred views and whatever. I got six hundred and fifty views, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is notable. Right. But right. I'll put it back out there again. I am still open to the for the whole month of July, and that's still two more weeks, for free consultations for people who would like to explore that. Mm -hmm. And so you can go on the website, again, that Ron told you. You could fill in the contact sheet, or you can just email me directly, lisa at gocareercompass.com. Um, you know, it's non-threatening. Mm -hmm. I have a counseling background. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going right. to help you learn more about yourself right. and perhaps what the options are. I don't tell anybody what to do. Right. Um, right. You know, right. career counseling is really discovering more right. about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what you're saying resonates with me because, uh, again, years ago when I was covering the workplace, I uh, had an opportunity to um, cover um, someone at the time. This is in the, in, in the 90s, actually. Um, uh, a methodology uh, developed by a man named John Crystal, uh, who was the initial basis for um, uh, Richard Bowles' you know, techniques in What Color Is Your Parachute? Uh, and uh, John Crystal learned his uh, job hunting skills really as a spy in World War II. And uh, you know, basically how to get information that was critical out of the enemy. Um, and so he basically transferred that those skills into job hunting, and it, it makes sense. But that, to me, relates to two things you mentioned. One, in terms of doing doing research, you know, people don't know really how to do it and how to really get out there. And you know, so this approach really involved really going out and and talking to people, and just having sort of informational not not even job hunting, but just saying. For two purposes, finding what these jobs are really about. What do people do? Like, hmm, maybe that's me, maybe that's not. Um, and then the second thing about knowing yourself. So part of the, the the coursework was really doing what you're saying, which is really sitting down and, and saying, what are my interests? What am I good at? What are my skills? What are my personality traits? And uh, most importantly, putting down, writing a journal of what things you actually did, not just what you thought, writing down your experiences that shaped you and you thought that's like what you did really informs who you are. <laughs> you can that's think right. all you want, but if you did these things and you look at the pattern, what you did, like, huh, these are things yeah. I really liked or enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's why I don't really like a chronological resume. It doesn't mm -hmm. really show what somebody is capable of doing. If somebody wants to come to me for a chronological resume, I tell them, no, <laughs> you don't, you don't right. need me. Okay. Right. But if they want a functional analytical resume yeah. that actually takes transferable skills and your qualifications. Yeah. Talk a little different. bit more about that, Lisa. What does yeah. that mean? Really? A, so a functional analytical resume takes everything that you did. And what we do is we analyze all the accomplishments, all the things you love to do. And 
picks that out into about three or four what we call functional skills. Mm -hmm. So for instance, for me, it's interpersonal relations, or maybe it's management skills, or maybe it's public speaking. I love public speaking. So the things that I love become the center of that um, of that resume. Now, you have a summary of qualifications at the top. You might have an objective, maybe or maybe not. But as you go down, you're showing your value by demonstrating how you did those skills. So I don't really care that I did one thing in one kind of industry, one thing in another kind of industry. It still is the same. I'm still showing the skills I have. So, you know, public speaking, of course, I did all the chambers, the rotaries, the clients, the alliance, because I was the voice of Long Island Works Coalition, but I also was heading the Speakers Bureau for something else. And, you know, so again, the value to a business person is when they, when I hire you, what can you do for me? That's really the bottom line. And Mm -hmm. of course, for you, it's, is there a match? Is this going to really, am I going to enjoy the career, et cetera? So the functional analytical resume does that in that it demonstrates how you can do those skills in whatever company, whatever Mm -hmm. business, because you have the bulleted points. They're all, by the way, action-oriented. They demonstrate what you've done, and you're showing your value. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a chronological resume, okay, I worked here, I was this title, I was this. No, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. That's not going to show the value. And honestly, just fill out a job application. That's a job application. Right. There's nothing more to it. Right. And again, you know, if we go into networking and job search, it really is research and it's also relationship building. Mm-hmm. Networking people go, they used to go in the olden days and hand out business cards. Right. Well, you know, now, of course, it changed because now you're virtual and you see some choices and all, but it's still a relationship building. It's right. still, okay, is there a way that we can work together? Is there a way that maybe I can help you? You can help me. You know, now it's really come down to what am I really doing on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. And how am I really helping my career and my right. self and my, and my profession? Yeah. You know? yeah. And again, being an expert, we go back to LinkedIn. People didn't even know that you don't have to post. You can write an article on LinkedIn and it gets you more visibility because right. a post is one thing, but the SEO, the search engine optimization on a, an article mm-hmm. is even more, is right. higher. Right. So, you know, people don't realize those things. Again, yeah. Tips yeah. And tricks, but. Yeah. Well, I think too, it's, you know, when you go out networking, people talk about, you know, how you networking, um, and uh, in one of our previous shows, one of your colleagues, Scott Possessor, talked about how to, how to and you've appeared, I know, on Scott's show as well, you, you know, a while ago. But, uh, you know, how to use LinkedIn for networking. But I think, too, you know, that's something that, you know, as you know, it's something you really need to work and you need that's to figure out what you're doing it for. And, and, and you need to really stay at it because, you know, a lot yeah. of it is building a relationship, as you said, with people. So you basically, without looking for a job, you, you have relationships with people who you, you, basically you're building a relationship of trust. That's right. And once you do that, right. then things come up that you don't yeah. expect. Yeah. You know? you know, reputation is everything. And once you get a really bad reputation, it's really hard to reverse that. But when you have a good reputation and people say, oh, yes, I remember you when. And they quote, you know, when you were doing this or I remember when you were in the paper, I went, you know, that is worth gold. Because then people are confident in referring you or in saying, oh, yeah, I know her. Listen, I know Scott Possessor <laughs> since those olden days. Yes, I, I was on his program a couple of times and I know him really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I know everything that he's been doing as well. So, um, you know, again, paths cross. 
right? And you and six degrees of separation. Or right. I can't believe how many people know people. Right. And just remember that when you when everybody's out there doing whatever it is they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The important thing is to at least give yourself the opportunity, whether you are younger, whether you are at this stage in life trying to figure out what you could do now because things have changed, the economy is changing, you know, there's so much going on, but don't close out ideas. People say, oh, if I had only, you mm-hmm. know, listen, it's never too late. You see people going back for a certification or you see people going back for different um you know, courses and such, workshops and things, you can never get enough of really growing and learning more about yourself ever. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking earlier when you were talking about internships, I was like, okay, well, actually, if you're 45 forward, that may be good for your kids that you would need to know about, but as well as, you know, you you never know what an internship, you know, or some facsimile of an internship can lead to. But that leads me to uh, just ask you about, now, how do you th- approach uh, different stages of life in terms of career planning? Are there different strategies at different times that, you know, how, how do you work with people and say, all right, suppose you are in your mid 40s and you're saying, all right, I'm unhappy or I, I, I need a change or, you know what, uh, you know, I, I need to I, I need to explore something else. Maybe it won't happen, but maybe it will. And, 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 and what do you what do you talk to people about? You know, it's interesting. At Suffolk Community College, I was doing continuing education. I did one course called um, What Shall I Be When I Grow Up? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I did another course called I Hate My Job, What Do I Do Now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a real reality look, okay? And sometimes it's not even as bad as they thought it was. So it's looking at what I'm doing now, what I'm getting from what I'm doing now. Uh, maybe you can have a hobby on the side. Maybe it's not as bad as you thought it was. Maybe that person who's your boss is leaving. You know, so it's going to be about really being honest with yourself, saying, okay, in five years, I really want a better house, or I really want to move to such and such, or, or maybe I want to grow in a certain area or an industry. So you have to be really honest with yourself. You have to decide on your priorities. And this is very important. It impacts people around you. Mm-hmm. That means a family. That means your spouse. That means your partner. It impacts because maybe there's going to be you know, a reduction in income or maybe there's going to be changes in your life. Right. That all affects it. And so you're going to have to look at the entire picture. What's important to you? What do I want? Where do I want to be? And those values, I do a whole values assessment. Those values are going to dictate. You may say, oh, yeah, I really wanted this. Okay, but I'm not willing to give up this. Okay, mm-hmm. we better talk about that because mm-hmm. that's a conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. what are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to change? You know, very important in career work right. because people have to be very honest with themselves right. about where they are and what they want. You know, my husband went to law school at the age of 44. And he mm-hmm. was working for Suffolk Community College at the time. Mm-hmm. He was working as the dean of facilities there. And it's a big risk to now continue working there and go to law school at night. Mm-hmm. Besides the monetary risk, it's huge to now change careers at the age of 48 when you graduate law school and start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's how he had to start mm-hmm. all over again. And he knew more than many of the lawyers that were there. Right. But It was what he wanted to do, and Mm -hmm. this was his love, and this was his passion. And it would have been horrible if he would have regretted not having done that. Right, right. He's gone now, but I'm so so, uh, reassured Mm -hmm. that it was something that he really wanted and that I encouraged him and supported him to go after. Right, right. 
Now, now, I think that's terrific. Now, the question I have is um, something that does come up, and I'm sure that as you make these mid-career shifts, you know, people think about which is unfortunately, you know, the perception of age. You know, yeah. and like, well, now we have an older person. You know, and we want to invest in this person, and you know, so how do you handle the I, the uh, subtle ageism? You know what, Ron? I use that to the best advantage. Unfortunately, the stereotype of young people is that they don't stay with a job. They're very flighty. They're not as committed. We in our stage and and generation always were loyal people. <laughs> we're always dependable. We always put the company first. I mean, and that's a huge advantage for us if you want to go through stereotypes and you want to go through experience. Well, the experience that we have is, you know, I mean, how can you even measure that experience? You know, being able to get in, fr- up in front of people, being able to transfer skills easily, being able to do other things, being right. flexible. There's so many people who aren't flexible on the young people. So I don't want to deal in stereotypes, but I think that an older person needs to see their value and needs to see what they bring right, to right. a position. Yeah. And I think also it requires companies to recognize that and recognize what's happening to people as they get uh, into their careers later on. They stay in their careers yeah. and they ain't retiring at 65. Not anymore. You know? No. And for lots of reasons, you know, that sometimes they can't. Uh, you know, you really need to think about, all right, um, you know, the, my my show last week talked about, you know, how to plan your quote unquote retirement until 100, you know. Wow. So, well, I mean, as as we, you know, the my my point was, you know, with uh, this uh, um, financial planner, Ron Roger, you know, um, you can't predict the future got a plan for it. So I think that, you know, people are recognizing that you can work much later and much longer and, and, and in many ways, much better. Um, so, um, my partner has been in his career. I call him the dinosaur because mm -hmm. most people do not stay in a career for 48 or even more years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he always wanted to be a printer. And in high school, he was told, Oh, you don't want to be a printer. It's, you know, a blue collar job. He loves it. He loves what he does. Mm -hmm. He still does printing, even with the, obviously the fact that the industry has certainly been waning with, you know, computers and all, but he still does it. And whatever jobs he can get and all, and he's not ready to retire. Believe right. me, right. Um, yeah. neither am I. But yeah. that's besides the point. Good, good. Okay, so listen, we'll, we'll, yeah. we're going to stop at this moment uh, just to uh, take another short break. Uh, but folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with the final last segment with Lisa um, Strauss Lawrence. Don't you don't want to miss it? So stay tuned. <laughs> Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, where we're talking today with Lisa Strauss-Lawrence of Go Career Compass. In our last segment, I wanted to cover a couple things I want to make sure we, we talked about. And one is, uh, so coming out of this pandemic, we hope, um, uh, there seems to be going back and forth. And I know there's still a lot of anxiety about where we really are and so forth. But anyway, uh, so a lot of it has affected the way we do, you know, do we do work? Uh, companies are bringing people back. Not everyone's coming back. They realize that the jobs are changing. Things can be done more remotely, maybe more efficiently and so forth. So I just wanted to ask you about um, what your sense is and how much things have really changed uh, for good or just changed temporarily and we're going to snap back to certain things. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I'd love to have a crystal ball, Ron. Ah. (laughs) I really wouldn't. We all would really be a millionaire. Um, so the hybrid view of this is that businesses, um, it's a love-hate relationship because, listen, they don't have to be in a building as much. And so that means that their rent is less. Mm-hmm. Then they don't feel as much as control of the group, of the team, of the people. Um, so there's some hybrid things going on. Um, people, and here's the, the pros and cons of being home. People have to learn better. And like I've had home businesses before, so I know how to separate mm-hmm. personal and professional um, and even my kids understood that mommy's working now, you know, in her office. <laughs> right. But some people, it's very hard and you're divided up in, you know, a few different pieces. And if you're not a structured person, boy, this isn't working for you. However, it's really nice and convenient and you don't have to spend money on gas and you're not traveling as much. And that means that you can go to more meetings. Right. And you can see people from all over the world, uh, you know, so there's so many pros and cons. I think we need to really look at the economy. We need to see what's growing. Obviously, technology is constantly growing. AI, I mean, you know, even the manufacturing industry has just changed in- incredibly because of robotics. And so people need to be smart. They need to be flexible. They need to see what they can give. They need to be honest with themselves. Can I really do this? Uh, you know, am I, what am I trading? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and am I the right person to be sitting at home? You know, and if I'm home, then, you know, am I going to be distracted? You know, and businesses too. Businesses still owe it to give people a work experience. And some people miss that. They mm-hmm. can't wait to see their colleagues again. You know, just like networking. Oh, isn't it wonderful? We're all on these screens. You know, I belong to an incredible wow network and we're on these screens with 70 people. But guess what? I did a one to one the other day and it was wonderful seeing somebody in person, mm-hmm. you know, and that relationship is, you know, that building the relationship is still there. Right. So, you know, who knows what the future will bring, but it definitely, there is no way 
that we have not all been changed from this. Right, right. No way. Yeah. Um, and the way businesses operate, the way all of us as workers and all of us are trying to fulfill our, you know, best goals and all. Um, and uh, I think we just have to incorporate it. And as I said, be really flexible and be honest with yourself and the businesses too. By right. the way, when I started Go Career Compass, I really wanted to highlight businesses. I thought that businesses need to start promoting who they were. What's their culture? What's their personality? What's their ideal candidate? Uh, what opportunities do they have? And I think that's still something good to do. Mm-hmm. I think that the timing was bad. I couldn't really find businesses that wanted to do that. But I think the value of that, and they're going to find it more and more, is that people are going to be choosing, well, why do I want to work for you? And what do you have to offer me? And is there the fit? And when right. you think about how much it costs for people to be trained, recruited, all that, you know, just that time of a video and being understood of who you are as a company and why somebody should work for you, that to me is incredible value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that um, a couple of things have struck me. And, and one is that, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I have been and will continue to be doing um, community education workshops for the Alzheimer's Association. Mm. Um, I do a number of workshops for them and we continued during the pandemic. They were, they were, you know, in person before. And of course that stopped. Um, and then it continued online. And what they discovered was that they, well, they have informational workshops and they have um, uh, basic caregiver support groups and, and support services. And when they surveyed their um, customers, essentially um, they found that people, when they were, uh, when when there were educational workshops like the ones I was giving, um, people really preferred them online. The other ones that required really support and interaction, they, you still preferred a personal you know interaction. And I think that's true because you know, if you're just receiving information and you're learning, um, you know from a lecturer and so forth, and there's limited engagement required, you know it's just so much more convenient. I mean than having to trek however you know half hour 45 minutes to wherever you're going and come back and forth and just to listen to someone when you could do it online it's just like there's no comparison to doing that in your slippers you know (laughs) Um, but 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 i think that you know when when you really need to engage with people you need interaction you need really to work through issues i think there's 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 no um there's no substitute for face-to-face interaction um i i found that um when I would, before, you know, the pandemic days, I think that, uh, you know, even when I would, you know, in, you know, have a relationship with people and I would meet people, I always wanted to meet them first in person. And once I met them in person, got a sense of it, we got a sense of each other. Then, you know, then when you had telephone conversations or on-screen conversations afterward, then those, those conversations, I already had a sense of context of who they were. And a sense of, you know, because, you know, that, so that's one thing that is missing on screen, right? Because you're not, it, it's still a flat screen, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, and, you know, in, in the same way that, you know, we, we caution our, our kids about, you know, saying inappropriate things on texts or in emails, because, you know, there's, there's no context of those messages. And so you got to be careful what you're saying. In the same sense, I think there are issues about, you know, um, when you're on screen, you, you can get a lot done, but you, there are things you really can't get done. You really can't have in-depth, you know, conversations. Because for one thing, after an hour of sitting, yes. <laughs> your butt hurts. Yes, and you've <laughs> you had to, enough. You've yeah. got to get, you know, need to get up and get around. So 
Yeah. You're right. You're right. But that does give us this intro to the other work that I do. And yeah, I want to mention that's, that's it because uh, my whole theme really is celebrating life and mm-hmm. living life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And I partnered with an end-of-life doula, Susan Caperso. Mm-hmm. And she and I had known each other for a while. And this just seemed to happen organically. We created a YouTube video called The End of Life Journey and Beyond, The Sands of Time. And I actually, on the side, am a bereavement specialist. And mm-hmm. she's an end-of-life doula. And both of us have the same common theme. And that is we celebrate life, no matter how long we have or no matter how, who we've lost. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, you want to live life to the fullest and enjoy what you do, of course. Um, and so that fit me. That fit me really well. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, after I lost my husband, I decided that I wanted to write two books. Um, the first book was right afterwards where, you know, pancreatic cancer is just such a dreadful fatal disease. And right. what we all went through, I thought was important to share with others. But we stayed together all those years. And the mm-hmm. families talked about through the years how their lives changed. Right. And so even though our lives moved on without our, you know, our family member or whoever it was that we lost, we're still celebrating life. Mm-hmm. And that's so that for me, people say to me, oh, but you do this, you do this, you do this. No, it all is the same. It's mm-hmm. all trying to, to make people understand that life is precious. So what you choose to do with your life and who you decide to do it with and how you live your life, mm-hmm. your career, you know, your interests and all, they're all the same. Right. It's the fact that you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And we right. all should know that now. Okay. Right. We all should know that now. This should not have been a wake up call for everybody, but it was for some. Mm-hmm. Uh, buildings fall down out of the blue. I mean, you know. Nobody knows. And so I say to people, please look at your lives, be happy with your lives, who you with, what you do every day, shine. That's why I say discover your true north Mm -hmm. and shine brightly. Shine because each of us have special gifts and we should each be able to show those gifts. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that's the theme that ties it with, you know, the careers and jobs is that you want to be able to not spend, <laughs> spend a huge amount of your life in something you don't really want to do. You need to, your job and your wow. career needs to celebrate who you are as well. Yeah. If, you know, let's deal with reality. And if you need money and if you're stuck in something because of, you know, what you have right now going on, then have a hobby or have something mm-hmm. else in your life that makes you happy because you never know. That hobby might become something else. You never know how it could grow. And I tell people that all the time. Um, And they didn't realize that they could do something else, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have more time than you think in a day. (laughs) I do. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's a lot of value to that. And I I think that, um, you know, I think, so one, I think our our challenges going forward, you know, um, uh, one of them you mentioned, I think, is, you know, for us to, you know, broader challenges, I mean, as a, as a, you know, society and culture, I think is to resolve this issue of, of not driving everyone to college, really looking much more carefully at what are, what jobs are about and what careers are about and what companies are about. So um, sort of expanding, updating what you did with Long Island Works Coalition years ago. And I'm going to take it one step further. I think our challenge is also education. Okay. Okay. What is education? What are we doing for our kids? How do we help them become intelligent, problem-solving people for Mm -hmm. a 21st century? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't keep teaching kids the same way as you did in the 60s or the 50s. You can't do that anymore. Kids can get on anything and find and research anything. Right. I mean, I have little little grandkids who can research anything. So I think that we need to update that. And you know what? Higher education should really be asking themselves, okay, what value do I really have now? Because people aren't going to just go to me um, and say, okay, that's fine. It's all right. I'm going to spend $100,000 and not have a job and not have any prospects of anything. And, you know, hey, you have the money and you want to just pursue education. Well, that's great. That's fine. But, you know, (laughs) there are those of us who are uh, thinking differently. So there's that. And then there's there's business. I think that, that workforce, the business community has to also figure out how they secure the right people, the right matches, um, so that they have a loyal workforce and people want to stay with them, not leave after two years, mm-hmm. because that's you know disruptive, right? And that's right. money in their pockets, you know, that they're spending as well, right? So there yeah. are a lot of challenges, right? Um, in our society, yeah. And we should look towards other countries as well to see what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and other and other societies too. All right. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think that there's so I think we should really, you know, um, to use the expression of, of companies and housing, you know, right sizing education in terms of what is it really providing. So I think there is there is a function that's not quite as pragmatic as you know, a job oriented, you know, for basic, you know, what I call civic education and, and about learning about what this country is about, learning about our responsibilities as citizens, learning about our history. Um, so I think that part of it is an important component of it. But then, you know, uh, once you have that basis, then giving much more flexibility to, um, you know, the other parts of our, of our coursework. I mean, look, I, I had fun as an English major, you know, but, and, and you know, and a literature major, but there, I'm not sure I needed that many courses in, you know, <laughs> Elizabethan drama, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you so, became a great reporter and you used those skills right, as well. Right, right, and, right. And, I, and I'm still wondering what happened to shop and what happened to home ec. Right. And when you think about that, gosh, there were so many practical things. Look at financial education. Why isn't financial education in every school? Right. I right. mean, balancing checkbooks even online and figuring out FICO scores and all. Right. That's just part of life. Why right. isn't that part, at least a course in it or something? Right. And that's where we're yeah. going to have to end it today. Yeah. <laughs> much, <laughs> yes. much more to come. Uh, it's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, if, if folks, if you've missed my conversation with Lisa today, you can hear it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com and search for my show, 45 Forward, or other platforms like Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Uh, and if you want to reach Lisa, I believe the best way to reach you is just Lisa at GoCareersCompass.com, right? GoCareersCompass.com. Yes, GoCareersCompass.com. Right. GoCareersCompass.com. And Ron, it was really a pleasure speaking to you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope I've helped some people, uh, ignited some ideas, and uh, maybe uh, changed some people's lives. Reach out to me. I would love to help you. Okay, great. Okay. So, folks, thanks very much, Lisa. And until then, everyone, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.